This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Garden Favorites with me, Alan Titchmarsh. This is a brand new series of podcasts about... Well, some of my favourite things in the garden. Simple. Does what it says on the watering can, as they say. You see, every gardener gardens differently. We all have our favourite plants, places to visit, and tools that we think are vital, indispensable, and the key to success in those essential garden jobs. We all have our reasons for our personal choices and we love to share, well, maybe not the tools. In this series, I'm going to share some of my favourite things with you. Not kittens, whiskers or string, but the plants I love, my horticultural holiday destinations and some of the books and objects that have become dear to me through my gardening years. If there's one part of the garden that seems to confuse and baffle people more than any other, it's those shady spots on the north side of a wall or under an overhanging tree or shrub. What will grow in shade? Well, more than you would think. There's one area in my garden which really shouldn't grow anything at all. It's right underneath a conker tree, the horse chestnut, and it's raised up about 15, 18 inches. It should be dry as dust. In fact, most of the time it is. But the amount of plants I can grow there, well, you'd be astonished. If it's so dark that you can't read a book, buy it. Perhaps better to think of pebbles. But if there's a degree of light there, perhaps not direct light, there's a whole host of plants which will do really well. If you want something to grow up a north wall, look no further than the firethorn 
Pyra cancer. Yes, it's thorny, and that in itself can be an advantage in terms of household security or stopping your dog from going through a hedge. The firethorn has fiendish thorns, but what it also has is evergreen leaves, so it's always green and live-looking. It has a whole froth of creamy white blossom in spring, and that froth of blossom is followed by orange or yellow or red berries that decorate it beautifully and that are wonderful food for the birds. You can clip off or prune off if they're getting thicker any branches that come directly out from the wall or the fence or the shed you're growing it against and that way you can keep it under control. It will take any amount of snipping. You won't really do it any harm but it will offer you year-round interest and the pyracantha, the firethorn, is a great place in which a bird can build a nest. If we're talking about shrubs for shade, few are more useful and more resilient than Viburnum tinus, that evergreen which in autumn and winter has buds of dusky pink, especially in the variety Eve Price, and those open throughout the winter into little flat heads of white blossom. Some people think it's a dull shrub, the great thing about it is it's useful. It provides cover. It provides background for other more brilliant plants come the spring and summer. But in winter, when everything else isn't bothering, Viburnum tinus is doing its bit, and you'll be really grateful for that. Any ordinary, decent, well-drained soil will suit the plant they sometimes call Loris tinus, but its full name, Viburnum tinus. Try the variety, as I say, Eve Price. You won't be disappointed. When it comes to ground cover in shade, there's no shortage of things you can put in. One of them is a particularly tight creeper to the ground, and that's the periwinkle. There's the larger periwinkle, Vinca major, and the small-leaved periwinkle, you've guessed. Vinca minor. The foliage is evergreen and dark green, it's nothing to write home about, but it will stud that foliage in spring and summer with periwinkle blue flowers. And rather than looking at bare earth, which is just playing host to weeds, it's much nicer to look at a carpet of periwinkle. It can put on three feet of growth in a year, but it'll all be along the ground. Run along with your shears and snip it back when it outstays its welcome or gets somewhere where you don't want it. But don't spurn it for little pops of pale blue colour on the ground in shade. The periwinkle takes some beating. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com.
There's one particular evergreen which I always feel is rather a misnomer because it's not evergreen at all. It's evergreen and gold, which is why Euonymus, emerald and gold, is incredibly well named. It is not an exaggeration. The green is a good, rich green. The gold is a brilliant butter yellow, and each leaf on this evergreen is so patterned. It's like sunshine on the dreariest day. And the odd thing about it, you know, is if you plant it against a wall, it will sort of shoulder its way up that wall, almost like a climber, and you can tie it in. It even forms aerial roots, which don't always cling on terribly well. They won't do your mortar any harm. But it's an absolutely smashing plant for bringing brightness to a garden or a shady corner where otherwise life would be pretty drear. Plant it and enjoy it. You can clip it and trim it several times a year if it starts to get a bit bigger than you want, but you'll end up with a sort of dome-shaped shrub that's brilliant. Well, emerald and gold. In Victorian times, any self-respecting vicar would go out of a Sunday when his service was over, or between his services, and he'd go into the woods and he'd look for ferns. Victorian clerics, for some weird reason, were very keen on ferns, and they would collect all different kinds of forms with crests on the edges and peculiarly patterned fronds. And ferns are, I reckon, about the most useful plant in shade. Just make sure that before you plant them, you work into the earth some well-rotted leaf mould or some peat-free multi-purpose compost just to give that dryish earth uh, something to hang on to moisture with and then having soaked your ferns before you plant them they'll root out into the soil and do really well some ferns are evergreen others tend to die down in winter and then you can snip them off and watch those young croziers begin to erupt and extend come the spring it's one of life's greatest pleasures. If you've ever seen an archbishop walking down the nave of a church with his mitre on his head and his staff with the crook at the top, the crozier, you'll understand what I mean. That's the way that ferns come out of the ground. There are so many different varieties from the strappy heart's tongue fern to the male fern with its feathery fronds. Don't despise them. Build yourself up a collection of lots of different kinds. Label them and you'll be astonished at the complexity of their monikers. But they are really good and useful garden plants. Who said green was boring? If I was limited to one ground cover plant for shade, I have no hesitation in recommending one particular hardy geranium. And that's geranium macrorhizum, meaning large rhizomes or roots. A rhizome is a sort of long, fat stem, which is part root, part stem, and it will run along the ground. Geranium macrorhizum has several wonderful attributes for me. It has fingered leaves, which are downy, but they're also aromatic. And I associate the aroma of geranium macrorhizum with a feeling of freedom and release. When I became a student at Kew Gardens, my first digs, my first time away from home, bit nervous, all the way down from Yorkshire, to stay in Mortlake Road in Kew in some digs which were a bit dodgy. 
There was more livestock in the bed than David Attenborough could have dreamed of. Well, after about six weeks, I managed to find some other digs which were absolutely lovely, and the landlady was very keen on gardening. And by the bed, she put a little vase of geranium macrorhizum leaves, just four or five of them. And I remember rubbing them, smelling them and thinking, oh, goodness me. And for me, that fragrance, that aroma, has always smacked of freedom and relief. And the great thing is also the foliage, which is sort of great domes across the ground, it's studded right the way through spring and summer with pink or white flowers. And as it's a crane's bill, when the petals fall, you end up, if you look closely, with a sort of rather ruddy, stalk-shaped head or a crane or a heron. And they'll stud the leaves right the way through until they start to go back a bit in autumn and winter, but there's always a bit of foliage on them. So for me, geranium macrorhizum has so many happy associations. I would never have a garden without it. If you've got moist shade, don't forget hostas. They do like meaty earth. They'll do well on clay and ground really enriched with organic matter. I love, though, growing hostas in pots. And you've got a shady corner on your terrace or your patio. Plant a hosta clump in a pot. It'll be very happy in a large 10 or 12-inch pot or a tub for years. You won't have to move it for four or five years. Then you can dig it up and divide it in early spring just before it erupts into growth and make sure that you spread it around among your friends. So many variegations. There's even a hosta called Alan Titchmarsh. It's very nice, but it does have a yellow streak running right down the middle of the leaf. I thought it was a compliment when they named it after me. Now, I'm not so sure. Give hostas a go. They're lovely in pots or in the ground. Just don't let them go short of water. And that's the thing, really. If you look closely at shade, you'll find there are all kinds of plants that are adapted to growing there. They like growing there. They naturally grow in shade. Find them and suddenly that problem corner isn't a problem at all. That's it from me, Alan Titchmarsh. Till the next time, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. Garden Favourites was presented by me, Alan Titchmarsh. Producer is Lucy Ditchmont. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. And you can find out more about the themes we've covered today at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to never miss an episode. See you next time.